0: Good morning, good morning online audience, so glad you're joining me here online, starting a little bit early here today, we're getting ready to worship and I'm doing a message called The Eight Standards of the Christian Life, it's going to be a great time, we're worshiping out here at Summit Church of Sedalia, 4240 North Perry Park Road, it's not too late to get to church, share this link with a friend, it's Pastor Wayne H. on my various platforms on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, LinkedIn, Twitch uh and Instagram all those places so share this with a friend let them know that church is about to get started. We're about to start our two training weeks for the Alpha course though this Thursday night at 6 30 will be the first training night and they're going to be launching our alpha invitation on September 16th. So I want you to watch this quick promo about the Alpha course and you can learn all about it and I'll be back in a minute to get started with worship.
1: Having conversations about life, faith, and Jesus is hard. And this is interesting because at some point everyone wrestles with life's big questions. Questions about hope, purpose, meaning, and love. Imagine creating a space where people in our community, our friends, neighbors, and co-workers can come and have conversations in a way that is authentic and unforced where leaders don't need to have all the answers and anyone can ask tough questions and share honestly about what they believe. That's what Alpha is all about. Alpha started in a church in London years ago with a simple idea to engage friends who might not typically go to church. Lives were transformed and it began to grow all over the world. Today, you can find Alpha in schools, coffee shops, church buildings, prisons, and homes. And so far, millions of people have experienced Alpha. So what is Alpha? Alpha is a series of interactive sessions exploring the basics of the Christian faith. In each session, you eat food, listen to a talk, and have discussions in small groups. Eating food together creates space for people to connect, relax, and build friendships. The talks tackle core questions about life and faith from a Christian perspective and the discussion allows people to unpack these ideas without fear of being corrected or judged. All of this is done in a fun environment where anyone is welcome. There are three main sets of talks you could use. The Alpha Film Series, Alpha with Nikki Gumble, and the Alpha Youth Series. Each is designed with a different audience in mind and is typically run over eight to 12 weeks with a weekend away where there are opportunities to experience worship through music and moments for prayer. Alpha also comes with everything you need to empower others to be involved, like discussion guides and training videos for you and your team. And all the talks and tools are available online and can be downloaded for free. By running Alpha, you're creating a space where people can connect with each other and connect with God. Sign up. Get started. Run Alpha today.
0: All right, everybody, so that is the Alpha Course. Hope you can join us for our first night of training this Thursday night at 6.30 out here at the church. There'll be two ter- training nights, and then our launch on September 16th. It's going to be a great time. Every every Alpha Course has a, a meal, common meal, a talk, and a discussion. So it's a great time to talk about your purpose of life and who uh, who God is to you and if you're not a believer you're welcome if you are a believer you're welcome everybody's welcome and then we have a weekend away a fall retreat on October the 29th and 30th so uh, I just wanted to let you know about the Alpha Course it's amazing so this is your five-minute countdown get a Bible get a pen get a notebook and tell a friend and we're gonna start worship in five minutes so this is your five minute countdown Church, welcome Summit Church online. Glad you're joining us today. You feel joyful? You kind of, sorta. You ready to get into it? Yeah. Kinda? in the valley. I can just feel it. I just know it. (laughs) Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we love you. It's a chance to celebrate your goodness. And Lord, you're not against celebration. You're for us. Being happy, having the joy of the Lord. We know that it's your joy that gives us strength. So we take our hope in you today, God. We take our strength in you. And we just set aside the worries of the week and all the things that we've been going through. And not that those things don't matter, but Lord, you're bigger than every problem. You're bigger than every situation. We're going to put these things in a proper perspective. That you hold the whole world in your hand. You care about a sparrow when it falls. And you have the very hairs on our heads numbered. So God, we give you this time of worship and this time in your scriptures. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this one's pretty... Familiar to most of us The fans the fans are nice. I don't want to turn them off, but they keep knocking my music off the stand
2: At all times I will bless the Lord At all times Always Sing that with me It's not on the screen Just sing it with me I will bless the Lord At all times I will bless the Lord At all times I will bless the Lord At all times Always I will bless the Lord at all times, I will bless the Lord at all times, I will bless the Lord at all times.
0: and offering a praise. Thank you. Thank you. We worship you, Jesus. There's no one right like you, You can do better than that. Come on, let's praise Him for a minute. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Part of our, my message today, we're talking about putting Jesus in the middle. Like, letting Jesus be the priority of your life. And I know that's hard to do when there's so many distractions in the culture that we're living in. So many things are buying for your affections and for your attention. And this song simply just prays the prayer or challenges us to make Jesus the center of it all. So I wonder if you'll just sing that with me.
2: the center of it all. Beginning to the end, you'll always be. It's always been you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You're the center i de... It's all Bow and Every tongue shall confess you Jesus
0: at home watching online today, so hello Tim and Lori, good to see you, and if you have a Bible you can turn with me today's one year passage, and by the way we have a new Bible bookmarks, so if you've never read through the Bible, and you want a little Bible reading plan, it's in this little handy dandy bookmark in the resource center in the back, grab one of those, and mark off the weeks, get through the whole New Testament in 52 weeks, in one year, most Christians have never read the whole Bible, so here's your chance everybody, But it's August 29th. The highlighted verse comes from uh, Job. And it's Job 32, verse 8 and 9. And man, I love this, considering what kind of presence I've felt in the room here so far. It says, But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them, that makes them intelligent. Sometimes the elders are not wise. Sometimes the agent do not understand justice. <laughs> Job was in a very frustrating place. He was suffering, going through difficulty, and going, God, why, why me? How long is this gonna last? And it reminds me of something else that King Solomon he said, you know, the battle is not to the strong, the, the race is not to the swift, but time and chance happens to them all. God is the one who is in charge of dumb luck. God is the one who's in charge of opening doors and closing doors and causing things to happen, causing other things not to happen. And it's not about how clever you are. God doesn't care about how smart you are. What he really wants is your heart, and he wants you submitted to him. And he can use your intellect. He can use your knowledge, your talents, your gifts, your money, your time, talent, treasure, all those things. But what's more important to him is not that you try to figure things out. But you, you just surrender to him and let him have his way. Amen? So this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, we're going to sing one more song, and I'm going to get into the scripture here today. And uh, you, can, you can stay seated or you can stand, you can do whatever you want. This is How Great is Our God. It's one of my favorites. Us online. Welcome to Summit Church online. Glad you're joining me here today. There's three ways to give to the ministry. Go to mysummitchurch.com and click the donate button. You can find that on our Facebook page as well. You can text to give at 303-625-9434. Enter the amount uh, in your text texting app and press send. Follow the prompts using your smartphone, and 100% of what you give will go to the ministry. You can also mail your donation to Summit Church to 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Glad to have you along for the ride. Grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Philippians. We're gonna be covering two books of the New Testament here this morning. Say hello, grab a coffee, get a refill, share this link with a friend, and let's study the Bible together. It's gonna to be a great time this morning. don't need this because we've got the fan on low today, but I will, I'll use it because it might be helpful for some of you in the back row, All right. <laughs> yes, man, what'd you say, honey? Okay, good, yes. Turn in your Bible with me to the book of Philippians. We're going to try to cover two whole books of the New Testament today. It's got to be crazy. Um, and I've titled this message, Eight Standards of the Christian Life. You know what's good for a person to have standards? You know that, Right. How many of you know that standards and measurements are important? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna build a road, you are like, well, you know, it's a ways. It's, I don't know. You drive about 20 minutes and then it's there. So we'll just get some blacktop and just kind of build a road. How many know you need to know precisely how many miles that road's going to be, right? If if you were gonna measure like a basketball court, how high is the net on a basketball court? Yeah. Ten feet. Right? What, if, what if I made it nine and a half feet because I like to dunk? Well, I'm not really playing basketball, right? I'm playing Wayne's dunking favorites, but I'm not really playing basketball, right? I've lowered the standard. You know, there are a lot of people that want to lower the standard of what the Bible says or what God commands or what the Christian life is supposed to be. Have you noticed people trying to lower the standard in our culture? Happens all the time. It's still happening. Well, how many know that just because you have a different standard doesn't change the standard like what if I wanted an inch to equal three-quarters of an inch that wouldn't be an inch would it would it would I would the bubble really be level if I just had it like this what would happen if I laid a foundation of a cabin and this is what the floor looked like would it get straighter as I kept on building the cabin only if I adjusted for the offset (laughs) right like you could adjust for the offset but nobody builds a cabin that way, right? You want it to be plumb. You want it to be straight. There has to be a standard. I learned something new about the city of my birth this week. I, I met a French pastor. You know there's a new French pastor here in town. There's, it's called Calvary Chapel Rockview. And they meet right across from, from the antique barn downtown. And he's from France. And many of you know Detroit has French, French roots. The name Detroit, I did not know this until this week, means the Strait because the Detroit River is the Strait of Lake Erie it's the straightest river that goes between two lakes and the Detroit River is straight it's the Strait of Erie Detroit the Strait interesting right as we talk about standards we're not supposed to be crooked (laughs) we're supposed to keep the standard we don't adjust the standard to fit our comfort level We don't adjust the Bible according to our interpretations. We adjust our lives according to the Bible. (laughs) But people aren't doing that today. People want to, they want to lower the standard. to go, ah, it's that, but that's not, I don't like that. Okay, well, you're disagreeing with God's word, and things are not going to work out well for you, according to what he's already said. His promises are yes and amen. They're true. His grace is for everybody. But as disciples, it's our job to keep up the quality and so you know what, if, oh, if I'm going to be a real disciple, I have to keep the standard. I have to, to realize that I have to walk the way Jesus walked. I have to say the things that Jesus said. I have to do the things that Jesus did. And I was trying to think of a good way to illustrate this way this today. You know, the Jews have a have a habit. And they still do this to, to this day. Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem, when they're teaching their children the Bible, to memorize the Bible, they give them, when they get it right, they give them a little bit of honey. And the honey locks it in their brain. They go, oh, I got it right. And then they memorize another scripture to get a little more honey. Well, I have some Hammond's sweet chocolate treats here this morning. You know, the Hammond's is a Denver institution. And if you've never been to Hammond's, on the north side of Denver, it's about uh, two two or three blocks north of the Coliseum. It's been around the city for 100 years, and they keep the quality standards. I want you to watch this little quick tour video as we talk about the standards of how to keep quality and to, 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 to keep the measurement of where things need to be. Check out this video on the screen.
3: Hammonds has been making candy in Denver for almost a hundred years. What makes them special is everything they make is still handmade. We're gonna to go to the factory and see how they do it, and who knows, we will even hop in and help them make some candy. Hammonds pumps out millions of candy cakes each year, and today I'm gonna to learn how they do it. changed, but the commitment to quality remained. In 1995, William Sonoma added Hammonds to his catalog, bringing the brand to a national level. Today, Hammond's factory in Denver hosts thousands of visitors each year for tours where fans can watch the sweet handcrafted magic in person. We saw
2: a video of Kenny you online. Yeah. It's I've had the Kenny King, King, you got
3: we hand twist here at Hammond's, almost 2 million lollipops a year, and we hand crook close to 10 billion candy canes a year. So our candy starts with three simple ingredients, sugar, water, and corn syrup. We cook it in a half a pot, which helps to conduct heat better. From there, we cook it to 20 to 20 All right, that's 25. good. Thanks, Max.
0: You got the feel for Hammond's candy? How many want quality candy, right? So I have some, Maria, will you pass up? I mean, we have two, three different flavors. We've got the peanut butter and we've got the peanut butter chocolate. We've got the milk chocolate and we've got, this just sounds crazy, they call it pig and taters and it's potato chips with bacon in, in the chocolate. So you might want to try that. A little crazy, a little crazy flavors there. But how me know that if you use salt instead of sugar, it might look like candy, but it wouldn't taste like candy, Right? Nobody wants, like, cocoa with no sugar, right? Nobody wants candy that only, only looks like candy unless you're just trying to make it as a decoration and not eat it, right? And so we as Christians, oftentimes people can look like Christians, but they don't taste like Christians. <laughs> when you dig down a little bit below the surface, you go, oh, that's not so Christ-like. That's not really reflecting the love of God or the mercy or the grace of Jesus, Right? So, why is it important that we grow as disciples? Because we really actually want to be like Jesus. We don't want to just kind of look like Jesus. We want to have integrity. We want to have, truly be people of faith, to be, truly be people of God, walking in, in holiness, walking in truth. So, these two <laughs> epistles that are very short, Paul writes to the church in Philippi and the church in Colossians, in Colossus. And of course Colossus was a a Greek god that sort of the little village was named after it's Mesopotamia today. It's just in a little valley in Turkey. But this first book of Philippians, what's it about? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote it and he wrote it to the Philippians and he talks about rejoicing in suffering. It's talking about serving as Jesus served, warning against distorted teachings, and then he gives some personal notes. talks about thanksgiving, joy, and suffering. There were two church planters, Epaphroditus and Timothy, who helped launch this church in Colossus. Most of these churches in the New Testament, Paul started these churches, but this church in Colossus was actually, and and Philippi were launched by Epaphroditus and Timothy. And Paul was writing these letters to help disciple these new believers in these churches. And so here's a few scripture verses worth memorizing. First of all, uh, chapter one, verse six, it says, God who began the good work within you will continue his work, until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, if God started something new, He's going to finish it. Isn't that good to know? He doesn't leave His work half done. He doesn't just roll out the candy cane and then leave it in the roller, right? He he finishes it. And what He does, the Bible says He does all things well. Chapter 3, verse 13 through 14 says, I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I endure in the race. Sometimes it's hard to be a Christian, a lot of people give up. (laughs) Jesus tells a story about a a sower of seed, and that the seed falls in different kinds of soil, and the birds snatch up some of the seed, and some soil is very shallow. Some, some soil is rocky, and other soil is good soil. And the good soil receives the world with gladness and it grows and it bears fruit. And Paul's saying the same thing, that we have to focus on this one thing. We forget the past, look forward to what lies ahead. And we press on, we endure. We put our roots deep down into Christ. We grow up. We don't stay baby Christians, but we become truly, fully devoted followers of Christ. Chapter 4, verse 4. Verses 4 and 5 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And that's truer now than it's ever been. Jesus is coming soon. We don't know when, But it's sooner today than it was yesterday. (laughs) And it's going to be, if he doesn't come today, it's going to be even sooner tomorrow. Come on. So we have to keep our lamps trimmed. We have to be ready at all times to give to people the hope, the reason for the hope that we have. To share the gospel with people. And that our gospel that we live has an authenticity to it. It has integrity. when I tell, share my faith, they can see Christ at work in my life. There's fruit. There's evidence of it. Now, who wants a candy cane? It's all messed up, right? It doesn't look very pretty on the tree. There's no hope in it, right? There's Nobody wants to eat chocolate that doesn't have any sugar in it, <laughs> right? We have to keep the quality standards. The standards are the standards. Holiness is holiness. You go, well, that's hard. I don't like that. Well, tough. You wanted to be a disciple. You wanted to be like Christ. Well, what does a disciple do? A disciple does whatever it takes to be more like Jesus. Whatever it takes. And you go, well, that's a lot. That's everything. That's everything. It's putting him first place. Chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and loving and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. You want to have a sense of God's presence? Come into that place of holiness, of saying, God, I submit every thought to you. I submit my mind to you, the secret places of my heart to you. Jesus, come in. Come in to all the places. Clean up every bar- part of my life. I don't want to have anything hidden from you. I want you to have full and full legal access, spiritual legal access to my life. Change whatever you want to change, Lord, so I can become a true disciple of yours. Of course that's hard. It's, it's, you're not gonna, nobody does it perfectly. You spend the rest of your life growing and becoming more like God. The the only time we're perfect is when we're finally standing in glory face to face with Jesus. And we go, oh. My final battle with sin is over. Temptation is finally done. I don't have to deal with that anymore. But as long as you're living in these earth suits, as long as you still live in these bodies, you're going to be tempted. You're going to go through difficulty. You're going to get angry sometimes. You're going to you're going to mess up. You're going to have to say you're sorry. You're going to have to do all the things that human beings have to do when they're trying to live according to the quality standards of a disciple. I wonder if you can help me with the ring. Just pull the ring out a little bit. One, um... This mic here, just pull it back a tick here, Kim, if you don't mind doing that. You've done it before, so I know you can do it. So, there is a masculine perspective to Philippians. You know, just because something has a masculine perspective doesn't mean it's toxic. You know, that just because God is a father doesn't mean he's an abusive father. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's not an abusive dad. And there is a masculine perspective here in Philippians. It says, Notice the role models in this book, Timothy and Epaphroditus, are are totally focused on the needs of others, not on their own desires. Notice Paul himself, who doesn't uh, claim perfection, but is definitely making the main thing, the main thing, enough that he uh, initiates or invites other people to imitate him. He talks about... The fatherhood of God, submitting to God, having the attitude of Christ Jesus. So we're going to go through these standards pretty quickly. Standard number one in Philippians chapter one is this. Jesus at the center. Jesus at the center. That's why we sang that song today. We want Jesus to be the nucleus of around which everything in which our lives revolve around. That faith is the filter Through which your time, your talent, your treasure, your schedule, all your values are put through the filter of Jesus being the most important thing in your life. Being the most important person to you. His opinion being the most important opinion. So Paul gives thanksgiving. He says, and I am certain that God, this is uh, verse 6 of chapter 1. He says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you... Uh, will continue His work until it is finished and, and is finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus returns. God is doing a work in you and I and we need to cooperate with that work. And the only way we can really do this, you can't do this in your own strength, you do it with the Holy Spirit working through you, you do it with Christ at work in you, you let Christ do it. It's you have to surrender to win (laughs) you have to finally just give yourself over to him and let him do it through you so Paul began to talk about this joy of preaching the gospel and that there were some people who preached the gospel for selfish motives. There were people that they're, they had mixed motives for what they were doing. And he's like, hey, I don't really care about people. If the gospel is preached, I really don't care, if, even if it's questionable what their motives might be. He says, he says this uh, in verse 17. He says, those others who do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ, they preach with selfish ambition, not, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to, uh, to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. So the important thing is the gospel is going out there. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was resurrected, showing that we will have eternal life as well if we'll put our faith and our trust in Christ. So Paul talks about living a life for Christ. Verse 21, he says, For to me... Living means living for Christ. And dying, it's even better. To live is Christ. To die is gain. <laughs> its I can't lose. If I live for Jesus, good things are going to happen. Right? I'm living with, with heaven in mind. And I'm living a life of purity, honesty, integrity. And what I'm doing is a blessing to others. And if I die, it means I get to be with Jesus. So I really, I can't lose. I can't lose. And neither can you. As you begin to put Jesus in the center, as you let him be the highest affection of your heart and your mind and your life, you let God be number one in your life, man, things start to click. Things start to make sense. Suddenly the quality standards don't seem so crazy anymore. You're like, well, of course, he's holy. Of course, it's supposed to be perfect because he is perfect. No, I'm not going to do it perfectly, but I know what the standard is. (laughs) And I want to strive for it. Tell you what, if I had an hour at the Hammond's candy factory, like, hey, Wayne, we need you to make the candy canes, I wouldn't be like, well, two inches, oh, seven inches, oh, four inches, no, no. What's this with the ruler? Okay, do it exactly, and the twisted how now? Okay, like this, okay, okay, okay. Because we can't sell the candy canes otherwise, right? We can't move any candy canes the way you make them. And uh, your Christianity won't mean much if you're not living according to holiness, according to standards, if you're not living like a disciple. So Paul continues on this line of thinking in verse 27. He says, Live as citizens of heaven. He says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Now, does this save you? No. No. We do this because we are saved. I'm not holy to get saved. I'm already saved. I'm already loved and accepted in the beloved uh, fellowship of God. And because I'm loved and accepted, I'm adopted in the family. I love my father. And I love what Jesus has done. And I admire how he lived his life and what he did. And I want to do that too. How do you do it? Okay. With the Spirit doing it through me? Okay. You're kind, you're gracious. Of oh, the fruit of the spirit, okay. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, oh, oh. But that's not how I want to do it. No, no, oh, but that's how God wants it. Oh, and if I do it, if I start doing it, I'll start to feel it. And I'll start to want to do it even more. How many of you ever got went onto a healthy, like a health kick in a health diet, and you went off, you got rid of all the sugar, got rid, maybe anybody on the keto diet, you ever done the keto diet? You got rid of all the sugar, all the flour. And it was really tough the first week or so, week or two. And then suddenly, you start to have an appetite. Ooh, you know what, I could go for a salad right now. I could go for some really nice carrots right now. I could, I could a juice sounds pretty good on ice, yeah. And then you, you, you eat a loaf of bread, like you eat a whole loaf of bread, you're like, good. right? If it sits like a rock in your stomach, you're like, what did I do to myself? I had a cheat day, right? I think that's what the, the Christian life is like. When I start to live in righteousness, I start to live according to the standard, I start to have an appetite for the Word. I start to have an appetite for worship. I start to have an appetite for serving. I start to have an appetite to do the things that Jesus said and did. When I start going back to the old garbage, like, that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. <laughs> Lord, save me from my old, my old sin nature. That's not, that's not me anymore. Amen? And it's hard because we still live in these bodies, which are still, we still have temptations. We still have the evil desires that still creep up their ugly heads. We still have an enemy that's tempting us. But thank God, we also have a Savior and we have a Holy Spirit. We have God's family. We have his word. We can grow. And every day you get another shot. (laughs) David said, his mercies are new every morning. I might have screwed it up today. But you know what? tomorrow morning is going to be another day I maybe can learn from the mistakes I made and I can start afresh amen so we live as citizens of heaven and so we, how do we do that? We, we do that by putting Jesus at the center that's the first quality the second standard and if you want to write it in the margins of your Bible you can standard number two is no whining or complaining it's a no whining zone the kingdom is a no whining zone One of the things that really disturbed God about Israel in the book of Exodus was they murmured and they complained and they're like, "Where there not enough graves in Egypt? Why did you take us out here?" Like, and God's like, "Oh!" He wanted to strike down the whole nation and start over with Moses because of their complaining, because of their whining, because of their whinging and like,
2: "Oh God,
0: man, I don't want to be that kind of believer." I don't want, every time I go to before God, it's a complaint. It's like, well, know, if I were running the universe, God, this is how I would do it. You know, he doesn't need my advice. He doesn't need yours either. He, he needs a gentle heart of submission to say, okay, Father, whatever you have for me. Whatever you have. whatever you ask me to do it? I'm going to try to do it with a joyful heart. I'm going to do it with kindness. I'm going to do it with enthusiasm, even though maybe I don't have it right now. I'm going to work on having that kind of heart, that same attitude that Christ had. And that's what that Paul talks about here in chapter 2. He says, having the attitude of Christ Jesus. Verse 5, he says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took on the humble position of a slave. Wow. He talks about shining brightly for Christ. Verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Whew. Man, if the church did that, (laughs) right? And then Paul commends Timothy for his hard work. He commends Epaphroditus for his church planning work. That brings us to Philippians chapter 3. And the third standard, which is keep pressing on, endure, don't give up, don't quit. Many people give up way too fast or they give up just before the breakthrough, he speaks about this priceless value of knowing Christ. He talks about pressing on towards the goal. Verse 12, he says, of chapter Philippians 3, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. <laughs> you hear that possessive language like, I belong to God, <laughs> right? Right? I own my faith. I'm going to lay hold of this and run the race. And so then he continues here, verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He says, I get tenacious about this. I don't easily quit. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going until I get what God has for me. Amen, somebody. Amen. To lay hold of it. Say, God, you have something better for me. And I am gonna press on. I'm gonna endure. I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna trust that because you started it, you're also gonna help me finish it. In Jesus' name. Whew. Man, I need that. I need that. And then We can go on to chapter four and standard number four. We have to choose joy. We have to choose joy. A lot of people, I I see this in worship. I've been a worship leader a long time, okay? I watch a lot of people come in and go out of church. They go, well, I'm just not feeling it today. I'll just sit down. After worship, they'll judge the worship like, oh, you know, on a one to ten scale, that was probably like a seven Guess what? You're not here to critique worship. You're not here to critique the sermon. You're here to learn and to grow and to be equipped. You're not the judge there. He's the judge up there. And I'm prompting you, and he's looking down going, you're going to do it? You're going to worship today? Are you going to apply yourself to wisdom and knowledge today? What if God's going... You know that, that, you know, that little uh, worship experience for you, that would judge that on probably about a six or seven today. Like if you were getting rated on how you worshipped or how you studied the Bible, and it wasn't me doing it, it was him doing it, <laughs> you might sing a little different. You might study the Bible a little different. You might take notes a little different. right? You might apply yourself to wisdom throughout the week a little different. Because you know what? This is not a concert hall. This is a church. <laughs> we're a family. <laughs> and I'm called as a pastor to go to you and, and to say, hey, no, 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 no. You're looking at this wrong. We minister for the audience of one. We minister for his approval, not the other way around. I'm not, we're not some trained monkeys up here making you happy. That's not, how this, that's not what this thing is set up as. might look like that to some people. And I'm a real monkey. I'm a praise monkey, I'm telling you. But I hope that even those of us who do worship and do preaching and do Bible teaching, we don't do it for the applause or for the approval of people. We do it for His approval. That God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. Good job. You said the hard thing. You worked very hard on that. You did what I asked you to do. And we, we, we take risks. I love what one theologian said. Is in my study Bible here, I'm talking about Epaphroditus. I, 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 writ, I wrote on top of this, risk it for the biscuit. You ever heard that? you got to risk it for the biscuit. There's a prize. You've got to risk something. He said, this is what theologian says, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. <laughs> we gotta, we got to start taking some risk for the Lord. And so Paul encourages them in, in, to, be, to do this, to risk. And how do, you, how do you live this life on the edge? Well, you have to choose joy. You've got to do this joyfully. Because if you, if you do the Christian life in a religious way, then it's all going to be about the rules. It's going to be all about what, judging you know, your emotions on whether you were good or bad today. But well, if I was bad, then God doesn't love me. If I was good, then God does love me. No, no. God always loves you. He always loves you. But we could go, <laughs> did I hit it today when it came to the standards? are we? Am I on the level? <laughs> am I a little crooked today? So he says this, and he finishes up Philippians this way in verse 4. He says, always be full of joy of the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. We choose joy even when it's hard. In fact, maybe especially when it's hard because I don't feel joyful when it's hard. But if I choose a joyful attitude and I do what God has asked me to do, somehow joy starts to follow along. (laughs) Or it gets so ridiculously hard, you're like, wow, this is impossible. How am I doing this? Wow, God, you're amazing. (laughs) Which brings us to Colossians, standard number five. He talks about continual surrender to Christ. We We have to think about it this way. We, we have to make adjustments. Slippage occurs. Right? You have to make adjustments. You notice when they were making the candy canes that the roller kept on rolling, even if they weren't touching the candy. You know, the roller is going to keep pushing the peppermint through the roller, whether you're cutting it or not. And you're going you're to fall behind if you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing. Slippage occurs. Right? We have to make adjustments. There are times when we as Christians, I'm doing good, man. I'm just flying. This is awesome. And all of a sudden, there's this one temptation or sin that keeps tripping you up over and over again. You're like, what's that about? Well, it could be your thorn in the flesh. It could be where Paul asked God three times uh, over and over God, take this away. He goes, no, no, I'm not taking that away. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I go, whoa, okay, well, I'm going to have to make adjustments then. And standard number five, we continue to surrender to Christ because Christ is supreme. He's Lord. Verse 15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for him, including you and me, he talks about working his work in the church. Philippians or uh, Colossians chapter two, standard number six: We walk holy out of worship, not because of a guilty conscience. We walk holy out of worship and love and desire to please God, not because we feel guilty. That's a big. Big difference. And Paul talks about living in the freedom from rules in a new life in Christ. Verse 12, he says, Then God made you alive with Christ, and he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took, took it away by nailing it to the cross. In, the, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross it has some deep theology there and there's so much that you should study in that but we're doing overviews here chapter 3 the 7th standard is simply this aim high aim high see a lot of, a lot of Christians a lot of Americans go what's the, what's the minimum I have to do like, do it. okay I'll go to church at Christmas and Easter right? what's the least what's the bare minimum What can I get away with? God isn't asking you to give me your bare minimum. I really love it when you give me your bare minimum. No, he said, what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all of your strength. God doesn't want your bare minimum. He wants your bare maximum. He wants everything you can give him to aim high, living a new life in Christ. Chapter 3, verse 1 of Colossians says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in His glory. Well, that's something worth fighting for. That's something worth fighting. <laughs> going after standards for. Like, I'm going to live a life of excellence as a disciple. I'm going to aim high. I'm not going to do the bare minimum. I'm going I'm to do whatever it takes to be a disciple. Amen, somebody. So he talks about instructions for the Christian household. He says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people. This echoes what he, we, we studied in, in 2 Corinthians to remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward that the master that you are truly serving is Christ. Well, I have one more piece of Haman's candy. It's, it's, it's for the teacher's pet over here. Your, uh... hey,
2: it's pink for
0: you, Kim. <laughs> because I love her. She's my bride. After Jesus... She's the most important thing to me. She's the most important person to me. That's how it ought to be for you in marriage and your relationships. The church is called the bride of Christ, the standards are high. Chapter 4. And this is really big. And Paul does this. And if Paul does this, he's calling us to do it. Standard 8 is seek prayer cover. Ask for prayer. You know, the most powerful things that Kim and I do for and with one another is late at night, early in the morning, or when one of us one of us has insomnia is to pray for each other, to lay our hands in and over each other and pray God's blessing, to pray God's peace, to pray his protection, to pray for his wisdom. For Paul was not too proud to ask for prayer. This is the Apostle Paul. He was saying, please pray for me. He says this. He says, here's uh, chapter 4, verse 8. He says, he's he's asking for prayer and encouragement in prayer, live wisely. Uh, Verse 7 Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is my beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I've sent him to you for this very purpose to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I'm also sending Onesimus. And that'll be important in the following studies that we do in the weeks ahead. A faithful and beloved brother, one of our own people, he and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. And he closes this epistle with these words. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. And it's all caps. So again, many people think he wrote in all caps in Greek that he might have had a, uh, his sight was going, so he's writing like giant letters. It says, remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. Remember my chains. There are people going through great difficulty. I think about these 13 Marines that died this week. Imagine if one of your loved ones who's in the prime of their life, or taking care of little Afghan children, are just taken from you in an instant, in a moment's time. Remember the chains. Remember, maybe things are going great for you, but other people are going through great difficulty. To pray for people. And if you are going through great difficulty, don't be too proud to say, hey, will you pray for me? I need prayer. I'm I'm having a tough time. I need God's strength. I need his help. And I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to share the gospel, but I want us to finish with some prayer for one another. I want to break off into prayer trios before we're done and pray for each other. But maybe you're watching online today or maybe you've come in the room. I don't know where anybody's spiritual condition is, so I just assume that maybe you haven't heard the gospel before, or if you did, it's been years. God created all of us to be with Him. And our sins, they separate us from God. Sins can't be paid for by doing good deeds. Paying the price for our sin, Jesus died and he rose again so that everyone who put their trust in Christ can have eternal life. And that life, eternal life, begins the moment you say yes to Jesus and make him Lord of your life and it lasts for all eternity. And then the discipleship process begins. <laughs> then, you start, then the sanctification process begins. Then we're starting to become more like Christ. And I said, God, it's no longer I who live, but it's you who live in me. Holy Spirit, help me to live in a way that honors and pleases you. And when we do that, we reflect the glory of our Savior and of God himself. There are other things that I could share. Let me just say this before we break into our prayer groups. We're about to enter another season of the church that I'm really excited about we want this church not just to be here for us, but to be for all the people who aren't here yet. We want to reach people who've never gone to church or maybe people who thought, oh, God isn't for me or God's mad at me or God hates me or if I had a question for God, I don't know what I'd say. We want The Alpha Course on these Thursday nights, launching on the 16th and going into November, and going to be a powerful time for us to create community on Thursday nights. And... God has been setting things up for this course. It's amazing. First of all, we got the yes to, to have it here at the church building. And then I contacted one of the guys here from the church. They run a Christian camp only eight miles away. And we were planning on going to Estes Park and paying about 100 bucks a person to do our retreat. We're going to cut that about in half for 55 bucks, and we only have to drive up to Rampart Range Road. Rampart View Ranch is what it's called. And it's gonna be our Holy Spirit weekend away as we discuss who is the person of the Holy Spirit. Before you leave today, I'd love for you to get one of these little red brochures that talks all about the weekend away and about the person of the Holy Spirit. I would love for you to consider going with us, even if you can't come to every week of Alpha, I'd love for you to consider going with us on this weekend retreat where we just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Baptize me in your power. When we come away and we we receive the Holy Spirit, He begins to do in us what we can't do for ourselves. He begins to reveal Jesus to us. He begins to make His Word come alive, and we become the people He wants, wants us to be. Well, maybe you've never prayed the prayer to invite Jesus in. Will you pray this prayer with me right now? Church, pray it out loud. Who might be praying for the first time or the first time in a long time? Say, "Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin." Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Please come into my heart. Please be my Savior. And be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So rather than give you the, the priestly blessing today, I'm gonna, let's finish with prayer trios. Let's find, just get in groups of three here. And if you have something that you want to pray for specifically, pray for one another that way. If you're like, know, oh, I, I, I'm just praising God for one good thing, if you could come up with one thing, if you're praising God for one thing you need from God, let's finish with just prayer trios. Max, if you can play some of those worship songs just as quietly, you know, low in the background so we can hear each other talk. Let's finish with some, some intercessory prayer on each other with each other before we leave today, Okay. Sound good?
4: Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hanson. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the Donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or, finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Reimach, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember... God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for you. Well we're just wrapping our things up here on right. this Saturday with the Casperock Day
0: of Prayer at Festival Park at 9 a.m. So join us and several thousand of your closest friends here in Casper Rock as we pray. About thirteen churches are all praying together I'll be there. I'll be there uh, with the pastor praying and then on the stage, but also be working with an online audience. So if you want to help me with some of the technical aspects of, the, of that, some of, some of you could. you're, you're technical, you to help me with some of that. Come over to, get to that festival park around 8.30, and join for that, I'll remind you. Um, that'd be great. So yeah, you make your plans to join us for the retreat if you can. And um, may the Lord bless you to keep you, make a space to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift your countenance, and give you His promise to Christ. Amen. 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 Have a wonderful day, everybody. Take
2: care of us.